against Dumbledore at the same time, so I think there can be like some like balance. And so it just like depends on how the writer is viewing themselves at this moment. Sure, sure. Anyways. Hi everyone, welcome to the semi-bookish podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. They didn't hear all of that. They just only heard me saying hello, everyone. But no, anyways, <laughs> I thought you started recording without me. I mean, well, I mean, that was the plan. Are you? Are, 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 <laughs> technically, it's been recording for like ten minutes <laughs> in in this room with absolutely no noise happening. But anyways, welcome to the semi bookish podcast. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be talking about things um, that we'll talk about later. <laughs> We'll introduce, yes. Yeah, we'll introduce the topic later. It should be fun. Um, um, but first. It, it, first, introductions and, well, slight introductions, but not really. Sure. So, Tony, who are you? What are you reading? Uh, slash playing, slash <laughs> watching, slash uh, listening, slash. Okay. Um, you get the idea. I point. do. Um, hi, I'm Tony. <laughs> <laughs> um, what am I? Okay, so I'll just start with what I'm reading because. I know that, and other things. I'm not really... I am watching Ahsoka, because it's coming out each week, and I have a very complicated... Um... Do you have thoughts and opinions? On yes, I have a very complicated note of opinions that most people will either agree... No one would actually agree with everything I think and feel about Ahsoka, because everyone thinks in extremes, which is me giving the audience a little bit more of a hook of our subject of what we're going to talk about because I feel that that's speaking of our subject that's matter the, playing the amount of thirst videos yes. I've seen of a certain character who's come back to fame from Ahsoka because he's in it Mr. Uh, uh, wears a helmet not really well he doesn't wear a helmet right now because he's wearing his Clone Wars outfit Oh, right. Everyone's yes. so happy about that. Yes, every, I, actually, I will say that um, of everything that's happening in Ahsoka, Hayden Christensen's performance has been the, by far the best. The amount of videos I've it's, seen of just Hayden Christensen alone. I always so conceded, and that's because I went and watched something other than him being Anakin Skywalker. Um, I always conceded that he's a much better actor than George Lucas's writing in those movies allowed him to be. Um, there are a lot, in my opinion, you know, Lucas's writing in those movies is not as bad as everyone says it is. However, Christensen is a much better actor than George was writing at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was always waiting for him to find a project that would give him that. The fact that it's happening in a Star Wars TV series is... Oh as my Anakin, god, no, he's just so famous. As Anakin Skywalker is bizarre and interesting and full circle in a way that I never expected. I know that I this love... series follows Ahsoka... But if they potentially did a live-action version of Clone Wars, would you watch it? No, because no. I think that that would be the worst thing they could possibly do. I mean, I'm just saying, because <laughs> you know that yeah, a lot of a corporate idea. Hollywood does a lot of, like, yes, it's a bad decisions, it's so a, you know yeah. that bad decision is coming eventually, and you it's, cannot convince me otherwise. It's a terrible idea. Um, but I am enjoying, I'm enjoying Ahsoka, despite its many, 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 many problems. No, my friends, it is not the best Star Wars that has ever happened. By a long stretch. There are episodes of The Mandalorian that make a couple of the episodes of Ahsoka look bad by comparison. And The Mandalorian is not great, okay? It's fine. fine. So we're going to have a Star Wars part like three episodes. It's fun. It's fun. And it should be fun. And I think I've always contended that with The Mandalorian. It's not supposed to be good television. That's the whole point of The Mandalorian. It's supposed to be fun. Um, And there's a place where fun and good can happen, but it's not The Mandalorian. 
Anyway, so yes, Ahsoka's doing its thing. I'm enjoying it. Um, but I'm not really watching much consciously other than trying to catch up. This is going to sound really stupid to everyone who knows me, but catching up on my Frasier, <laughs> which is basically me just... You're rewatching it because they're doing the reboot, yes, aren't you? Yes, because I finally yeah. saw a commercial for the reboot, and I was like, oh, it's real. <laughs> Done. And so I'm watching all of Frasier. Tony so has to can... re immerse themselves into the universe. And I gotta tell you, the first, like, actual commercial where there's, like, dialogue and you know the situation Mm -hmm. of the sitcom, not excited about it. I think it's a cash grab and I think it's a stupid one. Why would you use Frasier as a cash grab this long after Frasier ended? This isn't Cheers. Like, you could make that happen with Frasier they, I mean, from they, Cheers. They, they've been trying to do that with so many shows yeah, lately it just, that it's kind it's, of ridiculous. It's, I, I have very, very It's high, the nostalgia factor. I yeah, say that I, in quotation I marks, don't, friends. I do not have high hopes for this at all in any way, shape, or form. And I, Frasier is my favorite television show of all time. Yes. It's probably my favorite piece of media of all time. Yes. Without including... Star Wars movies. But, you know, I mean, that's the point, is that I feel like it could be a bad thing. Anyway, what am I reading, reading? This is a very long preamble. Um, it really reading two books that are actually just incredible, uh, but I just started them so they could tank really easily. <laughs> uh, one is called And Then He Sang a Lullaby, and I actually have the library's copy in here because I cannot, for the life of me, remember... Uh, this author's name unless I'm looking at it and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly so forgive me um, because it's a Nigerian writer Um, I believe it's Ani Coyote or Coyote Sam Tochuku got that part right Um, and it's a you know it's really good so far I just read the first chapter and it's Good enough that you're actually putting it on your recommended shelf which is saying so much I bought a copy the hijinks are too much for me. Like, I'm like, oh, sir. And it's only going to go get, I mean, it's going to And you're only one chapter in. Yeah, I'm only one chapter in, and I'm like, oh, oh okay, oh, all right. And he has this really interesting, like, writing style that makes everything feel bigger than it really is uh-huh. or smaller than it really is. So he could be telling you things like, for example, the kid, the main characters uh, on the day of his birth, his grandmother danced because her daughter-in-law was dead (laughs) and she made it known like yeah and that's so funny that the tragedy of it only occurs a paragraph later when you see it from a different character's like perspective right like he's like he taught like the author taught brings in the son's perspective who's just lost his wife and best friend and was never the same after that and suddenly you're like oh right this is sad oh how does he feel about his mom you know and the author may give you the answer or he may not that's like, and that's, there's so much fun in that kind of, the other thing I'm reading is um, The Late Americans by Brandon Taylor. Finally, finally, finally. And it's, it's a Brandon Taylor novel. It's, you know, at this point, I'm really, really enjoying it because it's Brandon Taylor. Um, and he also somehow managed to write a despicable character who is someone that I admire. Like within two pages, I realized, oh God, he is horrible. And then two pages later, he's even worse. And you're just like, ah. And then literally a page later, he goes to work. And suddenly, like, the care that he takes in this particular job is like, oh. You know, like, it's just, like, it's a, it's, and I, that's a skill, I think, that is absent from much of American fiction these days. But anyway, don't get me started. I don't think I'm familiar with Brandon Taylor. Um, He wrote a book, or he published a book a couple years ago called Real Life. 
well, I guess it was 2020, yeah, uh, called Real Life, and he's really good. Um, I mean, you know, Real Life has, has its problems, but it's, I loved it as a book. I thought it was really, really well done. And this one, we'll see if it's better. I don't know. It might just be on par with, which would be fine, but... Is he more Is YA or? No, not at all. Okay, okay. I, I, <laughs> if he I wasn't ever, sure. if he oh, ever wrote a YA book, I think the entire literary infrastructure would crack. Implode. <laughs> yeah, because it's just that's not an arena he's gonna. Okay. I yeah, he once told a friend of mine at a conference he was like. Yeah, so you YA people, there's always some drama. I feel like I know exactly which YA person he gave you that. To. He gave that lovely little. He has this lovely little like facetious giggle that only you know queer black men of a certain generation have, <laughs> and it's not of my generation, but he borrowed it somehow, like from. It's probably because he was raised by Southerners, but still, he has this wonderful little laugh, and I could hear him laughing at the end of that. I'm like, oh, you love the YA drama because <laughs> you don't have to deal with it. <laughs> So anyway, there's my long preamble. Grant, what are you enjoying entertainment-wise? Oh, um, uh, the my my Italian journey continues <laughs> my, <laughs> with the with the Sopranos. Oh yes, yes. Um, yes. okay, sure. Yeah, or or Italian Italian hijinks, as I like to call it. Um, <laughs> Which would have been a terrible name for that show. It would have. Or would it have been an amazing name for that? Show? Oh, it could have been. Well, yeah, okay, sure, sure. Um, yeah, so that's going well. Um, we uh, I was hoping for a 9-11 episode. We didn't get one. I kind of uh, brushed past it. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I wonder. Now, thinking about it, I wonder how many shows really did. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's an interesting. It would be interesting to like look at. Media. Do like a survey. Watch all the different shows that were airing during yeah, before, before and after. COVID. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I mean, I was twelve. I didn't really care. But it, with COVID, it was really interesting watching like who was gonna attempt to tackle it and who didn't. Who was way obvious about it and who wasn't. You know. I mean, they like make vague, um, vague mentions of it and sure. like a general atmosphere of fear and paranoia and stuff. Sure. And yeah. like. Economic recession that mm. comes with all Is that stuff. just like in like okay. the lore, like the plot of it that they include yeah, that in? Yeah, they just kind of. Because my brain was going like, like black screen at the beginning, going, "We remember all the lives and people lost." Yeah, it. right. Because I mean, like some thing. shows did that, but mm-hmm. then some shows just like included it in the lore, and it's just there. Mm-hmm. No, no, The Sopranos is a very understated show, anyways. So I guess. Sure. I shouldn't be surprised that they didn't directly address it, mm-hmm. and it just kind of is weaved into the yeah. narrative. Um, the Sopranos is an understated show. That is never a sentence I've ever heard, and I really I love that. That's the sentence you gave it because that makes me want to watch it more. I mean, especially <laughs> especially compared to something as much as I absolutely love Breaking Bad. Sure. Um, it's very much. Most of the time, it's broadcasted how you should feel. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot more ambiguity with The Sopranos, at least in my opinion. Right, and in um, television, that's you just don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Especially yeah. if you're gonna be what The Sopranos became, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, most juggernaut TV shows are doing a Breaking Bad kind of thing, where you know they're very they're very like timing down to the minute. Like this is exactly what the yeah. audience is supposed to feel right here, you know, kind of thing. No, so, and, and when you're dealing with characters as like morally gray as mm-hmm. a bunch of mobsters. Yes, yes. Um, I think it kind of makes sense to present certain situations and let people draw their own conclusions, you know? Yeah. 
Um, sure, sure. I don't know. Makes sense. Okay. No. What are you read? Are you reading? Yes. Um, I am reading the Varieties of Religious Experience by Henry James. No, uh, William James. Sorry. His oh, brother. William his James. Bro- his, his brother. Interesting. Was <laughs> um, that Henry James's brother? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I've never known that either. There was a there was a funny quip on the back of of this where um, they're like critic. Like critics back in the day used to say that uh, Henry James wrote his novels um, as if he was writing like a, a philosophical treatise, and then William. William James wrote his philosophical treatise as if he was writing a novel. <laughs> and I do kind of agree with that in sure. that I've tried to read Henry James, mm. and it's a, kind of a chore. Yeah, but, he's not a slut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not that I dislike it or anything. I just haven't found the right time to dive in, or the right book, or the right book. Yeah, yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways. Um, so yeah, it's... Uh, uh, how do I describe it? He, it's, it's adapted from a series of lectures he gave in like the early 1900s. Oh, okay, sure. Um, where basically he tries to find a... Uh, he tries to look at, as the title would suggest, religious experiences mm-hmm. across different you know groups of people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Tries to either find a psychological basis for it or mm. just kind of, I don't know. It um. So he does the Joseph Campbell before Joseph Campbell, but yeah, maybe better. <laughs> I would say better because, sure. I mean, you know, you know I, I'm not a big Joseph Campbell guy. Oh, I mean, you know, I don't know that anyone should be except for George Lucas. And yeah. thankfully he was, but other than, you know, <laughs> no one should read Joseph Campbell. No, no. <laughs> or at least not seriously, yeah. I guess. That's as a historical document, maybe. No. I mean, yeah, or even just as a matter of interest. I mean, I'm just, I suppose he's interesting. But apart from, I mean, he's not really all that smart. <laughs> right? I mean, we can agree on that. Suddenly, I feel like we're going to get flaming emails from Joseph Campbell of, you know, acolytes. Are they out there? I welcome oh. it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm absolutely... I mean, George Lucas is one, I'm sure. Yeah, Campbellian Cam- Cam- acolytes have to exist, Imagine getting a letter right? from George Lucas. How dare you write me? <laughs> brilliant. Gears are my bookish. That would be so great. That would be, like, that would, I would, that would be the happiest day of my entire life. Even oh, my God, we got a flame letter from George Lucas. <laughs> brilliant. No, and um, so it was kind of written in a time where... I don't know what I'm talking about. It was the late <laughs> 19th century, wasn't it? Like, William James was late 19th century. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, was, it was before... Maybe even turn of the century, turn of the 20th. It was before all of his essays on pragmatism and stuff, some of which I've read. It used to be in our collection. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of see hints of that in this. Um, sure. He, uh... <sighs> yeah, no, he speaks in very plain language generally, which as challenging as... as some of the ideas might be. Mm-hmm. He makes them very easy to digest. Sure. Oh, um, smart. I don't know. It's it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. No, no. That's okay. Blah, 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 blah. Very cool. No, me. It's William James. All right. Great. You're up. Does, <laughs> does the fan fiction I was reading earlier count? Well, it's what you're reading, isn't it? <laughs> I'm on a gender bend where I'm gender bending Harry Potter into multiple different scenarios. And so far, some of them have been pretty interesting. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to give too many spoilers. Because I've read like five in the span of like two days. Sure. 
all of which were like 64 chapters each. So therefore, like, I can't tell you the exact plot of like everything that I've read nor the names because I've forgotten at this point because some of them just weren't that memorable. Um, Yeah. One of them, which made me so angry, was like a crossover between Vampire Diaries and... Yeah, no, so Tony's giving a look, and it, it just, so, uh, yeah. after everything happens at, like, the Battle of Hogwarts, they, like, find out that, like, Harry's kind of, like, the master of death, so they can't really die, because they've already died and greeted death as an old friend and been resurrected, which sounds weird, but it's just something that people uh, do as a plot device, uh, just let it happen, <laughs> just let it happen, and then they, okay. like, move, because they have to move every once in a while, but so that they don't, like, garner, like, attention for not really aging, and so, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm seeing the no. Vampire Diaries. Yeah, no, so they, move like, over, so they move over to Mystic Falls, and they get involved oh. in all this stuff, right? Okay, However, sure. what I hated the most was the fact that apparently... The main character, so our usual Potter character, has known Klaus already for a while, but they were compelled to forget him by him. And, you know, like, like that's fine. Okay, fine, whatever. I've seen worse in fan fiction that you can't... I know. I, I'm just trying to make it... I've seen worse. Know, but why, out. fan fiction author, did you spend ten chapters on flashbacks? Ten... Oh. Chapters. Were they ten consecutive chapters? Yeah. But it was like like over like the time, which is great, but like okay. honestly, like it took a with the way that the plot was going, it was jarring because it was just shoved in there. Sure. Because yeah. all of a sudden it was like, oh, I remember you. Well, how? Because they died already. They died again and they got resurrected. Because mm. it's part of the the whole Master of Death thing that I don't really know all about because sure. I stopped reading after the ten consecutive chapters of <laughs> flashbacks of everything of Klaus inserting himself into the whole entirety of the Horcrux hunt from book seven. And I was just like, this is horrible. I hate it. I'm not doing this again. And so I left. So what are you playing? Starfield. And, okay, uh, you cannot spoil anything. I'm not really spoiling anything. Because all I've seen is like a still photo. And I was like, okay, I have to okay, buy this so, game. But I haven't bought it yet. I haven't so, gotten too know. far into the main storyline yet. But that's only because... You know, it does the Skyrim thing where you but can you go off can go and anywhere. do whatever you sure, want after sure. you exit the main section. So it is like free range in that way. Yeah. So oh, like, what happens gosh. is, is you go you go into the main quest. Like you start like you know you're like oh you're awake whatever you know like the Skyrim thing. Mm-hmm. Except in this realm, it's this is your only spoiler. It's not actually a really big spoiler. Sure, sure. You are a miner on a planet. Oh. And. Yeah. You accidentally find this thing for a client, and it's weird and freaky, and you're like, why did I just touch this and pass out? Mm-hmm. And then they all of a sudden bring you in onto this journey to find out more about this little artifact thing. Turns out that sure. there's more that goes into that. There's sure. two, three, technically four-ish factions that you can play into. Mm-hmm. However, the four characters are only from one faction. The four companions that you can get are only from one faction. No. Like, the four, like, main, like, romanceable companions, only from one faction. 
Okay. Um, I will say I am in love with one of them already because he is fantastic, and his nice. daughter is a little bookworm who like cons you into giving her money to go buy books ah. uh, so she can read them on the ship. That's because wherever he goes, like if he's following you, she's on the ship with you. Oh, that's cool. And it is the cutest thing I will ever see in my entire life. Yeah. Um, you cool. actually have traits that you can assign your character. Mm-hmm. Two of which are you can be part of a native to one faction or a native to another faction. Yeah, sure. And you get special, like, comments that you can make to people depending on your traits that you were assigned. So, like, sure. one, one, it's not really a spoiler because I don't know exactly which quest it's from, but it's absolutely hilarious. There's a section where you can be an extrovert. Mm. That's a trait. You can be an introvert or an extrovert. Introverts okay. get better... Uh, damage and stuff if you don't have any companions with you extroverts you get more if you have your companions with you and that's kind of how it works or something okay. but there's a section where you're infiltrating this place and i don't know what it is yet because i haven't gotten in there mm-hmm. and you this guy looks at you and he goes listen somebody's been infiltrating and i think it's you and you go and you go nah at them and they go yeah and you go nah and so it goes to well, I must be you because we look exactly alike, and you can just run them around the ringer going, like, I know what I am, but what are you? That's really weird. I know you are, but, like, what am I? Like, that thing, and you can just huh. run them around by, by doing that, and it's the most hilarious little, like, dialogue hmm. because it reminds everyone of, um, in Fallout 4, there was a robot you could counter as a random encounter. Sure. And he was trying to instill a curfew. And if you looked at him and you just go, will you comply? Because he asked you, he's like, will you comply? And you're like, will you comply? And you just repeat it to him over and over again. He sure. overloads and he explodes. So it's kind of like a throwback to that. That's interesting. But I will say, after you leave that first like main quest of being introduced into everything, yeah. you can quite literally just leave on your ship and go wherever you want. It does not matter. <laughs> Shit, different, lo- different planets will have different level recommendations. Sure. You can ignore them if you want. Um, yes, a lot of them, this is a complaint that people have said, a lot of them are kind of barren. But well, you can still go around and a lot find. Of them would be. <laughs> you can go around and find things. You can go back to Earth, which is just a thing of dust. Oh, that's interesting. And you can go to know. London, and you can find the giant. I'm pretty sure it's Big Ben, but I don't actually know what it is. But it's either Big Ben or the Tower. Might be the tower. I think it might be the tower. But like you can see, yeah. like something. The Saint it's Louis Big ben Arch in the tower. St. Louis Arch, Arch. Oh, you can sure. find that. Sure. Like, you can just go places. I I went home, and I walked around the desert. Ah. I went home and walked around the desert. Um, cool. It was hilarious, but you can go find different... Pi- like, you can find a friendly ship, and you can take over the friendly ship and steal all their stuff and steal their ship. So you can be a pirate. You can be a pirate. You, like your like companions it. might not like that all that much, but eh. the funniest part is... um. Has anybody ever played Oblivion? Yes. All right, so you guys remember the adoring fan? Yes. Not really. Do you know who's in this game? The adoring the fan. The adoring fan. Uh. Actually actually voiced by the original adoring fan from Oblivion. Oh, He's come back and repl- per- It's a trait, so you don't actually get him unless you specifically pick the trait. Sure. But you get an automatic crew member, and he gives you stuff for free, and you can just take him out oh, on cool. adventures with you. Like, you can... 
you can hire crew members. Yeah, yeah. And you can take them out on sure. on to planets or quests with you. Sure. So you're not just restricted to the four companions that you can romance. Right, right. You can just hire anyone and bring them on your ship and you can take them around with you. Oh, so cool. you can take him with you mm-hmm. and he won't get mad if you do anything. Can you shoot him out of an airlock? Yes. <laughs> Probably. I haven't uh, tried it yet, but you mm-hmm. can quite literally just like throw him around. Well, this is fun. I but, like, you I know, have to play Starfield now. You or I was have, going to anyway, I but was, I, just, I was worried I because a lot of people were like kind of complaining about like certain aspects of it, like <sighs> it being barren. But to be honest, for a Bethesda game, there's not a lot of glitches. Well, that's nice, especially since it's still new. Because it's a Bethesda game, and anybody who's ever played a Bethesda game knows, like, there are so many glitches that occur in a Bethesda game. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. So, speaking of the internet complaining about things, as yes. the internet is wont to do, that's our subject! Yay! Just, the internet complaining about things. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically... Yeah. The more... <laughs> the more... Uh tagline-worthy version, I suppose, is, uh, well, you said Grant, 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 yes. Grant said it was angry, angry people, yell, old people yelling at clouds, but to be honest, we're <laughs> just yelling at TikTok, so no, I, we're I, talking I, about book talk today. In my defense, I worded it as get off my lawn, as <laughs> the get too. off my lawn episode. <laughs> the get off my, yeah, no, I think that's great, um, which is funny, because we're we talking may, about maybe we'll be getting off lawning the get off lawners. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Don't We're talking know. about book talk today. We're also talking about, you know, internet communities. So maybe like Goodreads or Amazon I, yeah, or Twitter. Because like, like all of those like together are all book like... cultures, yeah. yeah. And all of them are... Spe- like, yes, they overlap a bit, but they're all vastly different depending on which book group you're a part of. So, let's... Starting with that, let's run down the gamut of book... Groups. So the people know, book cultures, yeah, book cultures, particularly online book culture, since we're, that's what we're talking about. So we have so, Twitter X, formerly yeah. known as Twitter. Yeah, book Twitter. Yeah, book Twitter. Um, we're still going to call it book Twitter anyway. So it's what it is. Yeah. Us, I mean, it doesn't exist anymore, but there. It's the same thing. It yeah, it was there. Um, book Twitter, bookstagram. So your Instagram book groups. Oh, yeah, you know I'm not familiar with them. They're book, not okay, as so there's bookstagram. They're not as drama bound as I've seen with everything else that I've been in. So you have Goodreads. It's harder to be that way on Instagram, but the, anyway, yeah. So you have your Goodreads. Good. <laughs> um, Goodreads. Uh, we're just going with the main four, I guess, right now that are the most popular. Just Goodreads, yeah. And then the last one is. BookTok, which is TikTok. Uh, there's BookTok, but we cannot forget BookTube, because without yes, BookTube, book without tube. BookTube, there would be no BookTok. And actually, my suspicion is, well, no, that's not true, because they all feed into each other. So yeah, but BookTube is a big, is is prominent. And yes. BookTok has only, weirdly enough, has only made BookTube more prominent, not less. I think, I think <laughs> because they might, play off of each other. They do play off of each other, but really I think it's because way. like all the drama that happens on Book Talk feeds a lot of the stuff that's well, because happening Booktube, on Booktube. Because then Booktubers will go, I'm going to criticize these 10 Book Talk people. And you're like, really? <laughs> like, it, it's so shady. Like, it's it's like being on RuPaul's Drag Race and you're criticizing a real housewife. Like, it's like, uh, can you do Granted, that? Granted, like, I, w- I would rather they just comment on the weird drama that just, like, happens to occur. Oh, they like, do. Oh, it's they kind do. of... Oh, they do, and it is really funny. And it, um, I think it was really funny because at one point, Book Talk was just, like, their own little, like, little niche, right? Like, mm-hmm. you just knew they were there, and they weren't as pr- prominent, I guess you could... Like, they were still prominent, but they weren't, like... 
mainstream. Yeah, uh, and then, sure. the, in my opinion, I think as soon as the TikTok CEO guy did the Congress hearings, he mentioned Book Talk a lot in there. Which kind mm, of he did? Okay. He did. Was this during the Simon and Schuster the Department of Justice? This was no. This was during that we were going to ban TikTok thing, and so oh, the yeah, CEO no. came, and okay. he was talking to Congress for a bit, and then he mentions Book Talk like sure. as like one of the more prominent things in TikTok. Right, because it is. Which yeah. like yeah. led it to grow a little bit bigger. And then on top of that, now more recent, I guess it's not as recent anymore because it's like, that was July, but like, then you have the whole uh, hockey romance debacle, so there was that oh, too. Oh, how did I miss that? Oh, you missed the hockey romance debacle? The hockey romance do you debacle. need me to tell you about the hockey romance we debacle? We will get to it. Okay. So, the first thing I want to do um, is run down a pros and cons list. So, oh, no. you get three pros, you get three cons. Okay. Um, which one should we start with? I mean, I'm not as familiar with... No, I mean, like, pros and cons. Of just the groups yeah, in general? Yeah, should we start with pros or should we start with cons? Uh, pros, I guess. Okay, so give me um, three pros. One, it gets authors out there who might not always be, like, in the limelight. So sure. your indie authors, your debut authors, yeah. who, who might not... Your self-published authors, who mm-hmm. might not be, like, a part of, like, your big, like, Simon Schuster's Penguin, Hatchet... Mm-hmm. William Morrow, whoever you go off of for mm-hmm. your books, like I forgot, like the big giant one was it Harlequin? Might be Harlequin that way I was thinking of. Yeah, there was I mean, an H one. Not as big as they used to be, but yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. like those who are not as a part of those big groups and mm-hmm. maybe like might just be going through the Amazon publishing service that you only pay like a few pennies for to go sure. into. Yeah. Like, though these book communities can they can promote their book to the communities by going like, look, so this is what my book's about. It's going to be, you can buy it on Amazon, you can buy it on Barnes & Noble, you can buy it here or here Mm -hmm. or here. Try out this book and people can read it and find new authors that way. Yeah, so self-promotion. So that's that's a pro. Yeah. Um, Another pro is it's another way for people to communicate with each other in a community. So it's kind of, in my opinion, it's like a big giant book club. Yes, it does. It's yes. a big giant book club because yeah. like all these different that. people can come together and go, well, I really liked, and then he sang. sang a lullaby. A, I, I'm sorry, I'm reading it upside down. Yes, no, I know. And then yes. he, I really liked, and then he sang a lullaby, and then somebody else can go, well, I didn't, and then. Yeah. There's a whole conversation that can happen where you talk about the nuance and those sure. kind of things. Sure. Um, another pro is you can make new friends that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, those are some big pros for me, or at least like the three, the three main big, yeah, yeah. pros All right, is you find people who are like that. Yes. Give me three pros of <laughs> online <laughs> book communities, if you can think of any. Three pros? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Like, no. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> um, I mean, you kind of you kind of hit the hit big the ones. Three yeah, nails um, in the head. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could. I mean, if you can't think of any, that's no. Okay. Honestly, at the moment, I can't. <laughs> that's all right. No, I do think. Do that you, you have any pros? I don't know that there are any that are greater than the three that you just. I mean, those are the big. Which is, three? I mean, those are the three reasons I think that people tend um, to get into them. Which is, you know, one, you can promote. 
whatever you want to promote. And it, you know, your book, yeah. your friend's book, your, you know, whatever. And, it, and also, um, in my opinion, it's you know. like, yeah, I compared it to a big, giant book club. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think, especially around books, these book communities are kind of, like, where the generalized fandom well, I think it's where kind of goes to. a great deal of people who have... It's a lot where fandoms are born in terms of, like, literary series. But you also see this with other things. Because, like, you see this with movie communities of a whole people going, I really like this movie. And they make a whole bunch of edits of it. And then somebody cosplays oh, somebody as... That. So it's, like, kind of like... Yeah. A, you could say a book... Book talk or bookstore or book communities online are just a generalized way of going like, "Hi, I like this book. Does anybody else like this book?" Yeah. And you create a fandom out of it. Yeah, no, no, that's it's true. Like, it does happen that way. It's kind of yeah. just the start of how. Those and there are things... offshoots that go from that. No, that's that's fair. This um, could be a positive or negative, I guess. But like, actually, I'm going to leave it up to you to give us three cons. Three yeah. Okay. I mean, I can give I us mean, so just, many. Cons. You can give it. Yeah, you just give us three that okay. you that come to mind, perhaps. Okay, I'll start with the one I was gonna say. Um, yes. <laughs> well, it could be like I said, it could be a con or a pro, whatever. Sure. It's just maybe it's just a part of it. Sure. Um, I can see like cycles of like validation like being formed. You can like, see the echo chamber. The echo chamber, mm. like where the same mm. um book style of books, anyways. Um. Keep being brought up. Uh, yes. Po- positive opinions are va- are you know constantly validated. And, and it's like, always it's the a... same ones that you see like constantly. Yeah, and nothing new is presented. Um, and yeah, and if it is something that's presented that is new, it's presented as new, despite the fact that it probably isn't. You know, looking at you, red, right, and royal blue. Looking at you, what's that other the orc lesbian orc book? Um, lesbian orc book. Yes, legends and lattes. Legends and you know, lattes. Everyone's, everyone, you know, the, everyone puts a spotlight on those. Like, oh, we've never seen this before, and then they give it a name, right? They're like, oh, cozy fantasy, and I'm like, you mean Diana Wynne Jones? Like, <laughs> has no one read Howl's Moving Castle? No, like, and that's the weird that's thing the weird is that like they will part. then put out a video later that's like five books that read like legends and lattes that you didn't know about, and, and then one of them is Howl's Moving Castle, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, I mean, like, <laughs> so. That's me hitting my head on the table. Yes, that's like, one con. Give us another. Yeah, um, and I, 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 I don't, I don't want to like push against like what you said. With no, the, go uh, for it. Push against it. It's a um, con with like raising India, you know, raising India, putting indie authors in, in, mm-hmm. in you know, in, in, a, in a space. But like, are we really seeing underground, like truly challenging work being no. presented on these no. things, or are we just seeing this? Are, are, are we just seeing it this? Depends. Okay. It depends. It oh, depends. It depends on what you mean by truly challenging work. Uh, but we'll take that as a con. Okay. And okay. do you mean truly challenging work overall, or just like truly challenging work from specific spaces, or? Or just overall. I so, mean, sure. and like, like you guys have more experience with this than I do. I so. No, no, this is good. Yeah, I'm not. No, this I'm is not, why we're talking about this now. Keep no, going. I'm not, Keep going. I'm not enmeshed in this community, so maybe you you can enlighten me. Yes, and then your third con would be. <sighs> oh God. Um, <laughs> it could uh, even just be a suspicion that you have. A suspicion. Sure. You know. I don't know. I suspect it's a money laundering scheme. I don't. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I don't. It's been I don't. turned into a money. I mean, sure. Scheme. Yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, listen. Sure. When I tell you about the the hockey romance story, you'll understand. I mean, would I would I be surprised if publishers or blah 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 pay first? Uh, 
influencers <laughs> to talk about their books? I'm sure it happens, yeah. You're close. He's so close. To what extent? I don't know. It's never been as much as people make it out to be. Okay. You know, so quick, short, dirty history of online book communities. Presented by Tony. <laughs> Apart from, you know, certain listserv kinds of things, because, okay, let's be clear, you know, science fiction and fantasy communities have been gathering For since ages. the, like, 30s and 40s to since talk about like, books. Like, they... Time. Yeah, and, and, the, and the dawn of the internet in, you know, Al Gore's internet coming along in 1980-whatever... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't criticize me, Grant. But 2.0 was introduced, and yeah. here we go. Once it happens, all of a sudden, all, especially science fiction nerds, because they're already, like, most of them grew up wanting to be tech, tech people. And so you have this whole generation of young people who are already science fiction nerds, who already know about science fiction. Possibly ostracized because of the fact that they might they be, didn't... like, the outcasted. Yeah, the maybe they can't afford to go to Comic-Con every year, and maybe they can't afford to go to Comic-Con any year, but there's joining the computer world mm -hmm. and in that they find out about these things There's called forums. listservs and forums and blogs and just that whole stuff that happened in they the 90s. They can live journal their whole entire yeah. book then there's been and there's been that was an explosion of a, of a leg of the science fiction community that took part of what they could because it was cheaper than Trying to get a ticket to Comic Con and getting I mean, all your, you that's know. still true today. And it was so. hard, and it was you know you didn't have friends who lived close by you. So even if you had been to Comic Con by the time you were twenty, there were people that you were never going to see again unless you all went back to Comic Con because you lived in various parts of the country or the world. And it wasn't technologically feasible at that time to be able to like access your friends at the click up touch of a yes, button on your phone. Exactly. So then Unlike that now. morphs. At certain point, like right around in the early 2000s, that morphs into, in a really bizarre way, the uh, YA blogosphere. Fair. So other people were tr testing out the blog thing, and it was, you know, up and down, and no, no one was really getting anywhere with it. And it was sort of the first form of publishers going, you know, other than saying you have to have an, a website, it was the first form of publishers encouraging new authors, make sure that you have a blog, make sure that you have a live show, make sure that you have whatever, because that was going to give them their audience, right? That was the very first. Then they ended up doing it with Facebook and Twitter and BookTok and, I mean, all these other places. But it started with LiveJournal and the, the early blogospheres mm -hmm. in the early 2000s. Yes, yes, yes. So that the YA community took that on in a huge way, and it was fan-led. People who were loving Suzanne Collins and Stephanie Meyer yep, and yep. Melissa, all the paranormal romance fad in in the YA, the oh, fans life. were like, "Oh, we want More. to talk about this with people. We can't go see Suzanne Collins or go see this person." So now really we have like. Tumblr but, and we have yeah, and you Twitter have, yes. and, and we can talk all, about people on there. It all becomes its own thing because you have a computer savvy generation looking at like the next era of the internet and taking advantage of that and publishers lit on that really quick they were like oh my god so many people who want to buy these books are also writing blogs or but the problem the problem became <laughs> publishers were sending out more free books <laughs> yep. to people with blogs because everybody had blogs then they were 
actually getting sales pack you because mean, people were not yeah. actually going out and buying the book. No, they're signing you up know. on NetGalley and Edelweiss and like those kind yeah. of things, which yes. I mean, like I've considered like looking at as collection development. Yes, but, like, but it's a it's they're all, it's all free. It's all you know. If you get an advanced reader copy, the publisher is sending it to you. It's at cost to the publisher, not to the person exactly who has the arc. And if you have an arc, why buy the book the day it comes out? Even if you've already, you already and, have it, you already have it. You've already read it. You can wait. Yeah, sure. There might be a couple typos here and there, but like yeah. you already yeah. have it. You've already yes. read it. You already so, know exactly what's happening. Yes, and so then that dovetails into YouTube slash BookTube, which was about to die until Book Twitter took off, and then that <laughs> that from Book Twitter you get. Good, Goodreads was a thing, but it wasn't the force that it is now until Book Twitter. Mm-hmm. You get um, Book Talk and Bookstagram, which also were not forces of their own until Book Twitter. Yep. Book Twitter was like an aggregate for all of these right, things. Right, because it was easier to like say, like, or you could turn around, and especially with Book Twitter at the time, because you only had 140 characters, mm-hmm. you could say, here's a link to yes. like my Tumblr or my blog yeah. or my and thing and, or my video and and the reason I call it an aggregate is because everything passed through Twitter. Yep. Every link to every New York Times uh, article or this blog or this you so everything became equal to itself. Yes. Does that make sense? So it was like, okay, this we're gonna talk about and then he sang a lullaby, right? Well the author of And Then He Sang a Lullaby could have a Twitter feed where instead of just talking about himself or his life or whatever, he could just go, so the New York Times reviewed my book this week. Oh, this blogger has a really cool thing to say about my book this week. Hey, this YouTuber loves my book this week. This book talker. And, and the thing is, it, the author doesn't have to say anything anymore exactly, because it's all the, by the other yeah, person saying Yeah, and the thing, the thing about it is, is that all of those things, the New York Times review is being put in the same position yep. as a 15-second book talk video. Yep. And that's where you, I feel you get so much of the pros and cons of the online book communities. You know, one of my big cons for the online yeah. book communities is how people talk about books. Because they don't, they position themselves as authorities. Or, mm-hmm. and some of this is not conscious, that's the other problem that I have. It's like, you know, the, the, the New York Times reviewer, they know that they are an authority on this or some kind of authority. Why? Because the New York Times has told them to write. Like, the New York Times is paying them to write a review. It's not breaking the bank, mm-hmm. but your name is going to be in the New York Times. I mean, you know, none of us in this building, it's none like of us in this town journal, can say like, that. Yeah. You're literally, a, except yeah. volu- I think library journals more volunteer-based depending on, like, if it's yeah. audiobooks. Yeah. Or at least that's what our previous friends have told us. But, yes. like, yeah. You're being told, read this book. Yes, and then... Tell us your honest opinion about it. Yes. And well, <laughs> yes. But, like but s- that's the thing, is that, you know, the New York the New York Times paying people to do it, that is a different thing than, you know, you or I going, I'm going to start my own channel, and I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. Do you think you with know? the uh, expectation of, like... Well, granted, not everyone's like this, but, like, especially, like, in the book talk community or things like that, do you think there's more of an expert, like, with New York Times reviews or library journal reviews or book list reviews or something like that, you will see reviews that are sometimes really positive, and there's a website that I follow called Bookmark. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Bookmarks. Mm-hmm. Bookmarks. Yeah. And they'll tell you, like, these are all positive, these are all rave reviews, these are yes, all these mixed are, reviews, uh-huh. these yeah. are all, like, this is trash reviews. And yeah. so you get, like, a whole, like, you can read all of them, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
the people who are reviewing them, especially for library journal, book list, New York Times, whatever, they're under no authority to have to make that book sound fantastic. If the book sucks, they're going to tell you that the book sucks. Well, but that's the thing. The mandate, I think... Do you think with, like, book talk and, like, the reviewers, especially those, like, tinier reviewers who aren't as, like, authoritative, they're under more pressure to give it a positive review because then they can get more things to review on? No. No. In fact, I think that professional review review places like the New York Times Mm -hmm. have recognized the value of online book communities Mm -hmm. and have tailored their entire effort towards that. So every New York Times book review, if you ever read anything from the New York Times book review now, as opposed to 20 I years ago, to 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 ago, they all sound like book talkers now. Yeah, to be honest, I don't really care but about they book sound, talk but they sound, But they sound like book talkers who <laughs> went to college <laughs> to be honest, for like, literary, so they have literature degrees, right? Like, so and they actually like have that. writing like they have a literature degree. So the paragraphs, you know, they're fine, they're good, they're well written. But when you actually read them, you're like, this, you're not, why didn't you just tell me in one sentence that you hated the book? Next. You know, or why did you tell me in one like sentence that I you read liked a, the book? What was it, Katie Rafferty's book? <laughs> Yeah, Other weekend, I'm just like, I hate it. I don't yeah, like this at it becomes, all. Because it becomes nonsensical. If your review is as long as a Goodreads review, mm-hmm. the one thing I'm going to tell you about a Goodreads review as opposed to a New York Times review is the Goodreads review is more entertaining. Right. But they're both doing the same thing. They are both trying to convince the reader why you should or should not buy the book. And that is, to me, the biggest con of the entire is book Is that they're trying community. to persuade you to either read or not read it? Yeah, without... But there's no... They have none of the tools of persuasion. <laughs> They've None of them have gone to school to study criticism. <laughs> none of them even know how to talk, to talk about a book apart from, well, it made me feel whatever it made you feel. And it's like, yeah, but that's like layer one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, okay. So, like, so it, you got like, mad when that character was, yes. uh, was essayed on, on page. Of course you would. You you like to think you're of yourself reading as a, it. The human, author is trying to yeah, make you feel like, that way in the first you're like place. A, you're a human being with feelings, and like this isn't something that you just see all the time. In That's different life. from so then going like I disliked this book because it was written in first person, and first but person then, isn't my favorite. But even then, but it's just you so can read it if you like it. Like the way th- to me, mm-hmm. the a book is not worth talking about. And maybe that's just me being a snob. I don't know. A book is not worth talking about on a platform. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna say, well, this is how it made me feel. I can go to you. I can come to work and be like, yeah, and eh. you know, I felt like this about this book, or I felt like this mm-hmm. while reading that book, or I didn't like it, or I whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But the idea of the entire book reviewership becoming this pool of like, well, here's why you should read this book because it's by a queer black author and they don't do things like this. And you're like, but is it good? Like, but left, is it actually good? Or does it read this... like I read a Wattpad fan fiction in 2014? Or, or worse, they'll say things like, oh, I've never read, there's never been a book like this ever that I've ever read. And it's like, that's because you haven't read this thing that was published in 1975 that does exactly all of those things, but the language is better. I mean, you know, go back and read Portnoy's complaint and then come and tell me that you've never read a book that has a lot of sex on it. Like, like it's unbelievable that people are creating this much furor over any book and have no idea that nothing that they're seeing in books published today mm-hmm. is new. Nothing's inventive. No. Not a single thing. Like, I was, I was reading, like, the book that I was reading, and I'm just like, this just reads like I read a fan fiction on Wattpad, 
And I was just like, I could not spend money on this, and I could go read a fan fiction of my favorite characters for free, doing this exact same thing, and it would change absolutely nothing of the story. Like, because it's exactly the same. Yeah, I, think like, I mean, but I think the thing about it that I find nauseating about book online book communities and the way that they talk about books is that there's no... They don't know how to put books in conversation. Mm-hmm. I call this the Lizzo problem. <laughs> I'm excited to hear the Lizzo problem. So Lizzo, to me, regardless of what her music is actually doing, mm-hmm. has never once, with the exception of last year at the Grammys, mm-hmm. and I think it's because she was standing in front of Beyonce's face and sitting at her table, so she had to give props where they were supposed to be given. But she has no... She doesn't say to the public, to the audience, my music is in a part of a tradition. Mm -hmm. I am not the first big black woman to do this. I'm the biggest black woman to do this, but I'm not the first. We had Missy, we had Queen Latifah, we had whoever, whoever. Aretha, whoever, you know. Well, Aretha didn't rap, but yeah. But you know what? But but she doesn't put herself within a tradition because to do that is to... This is a theory would be to denounce one's own gift. Mm-hmm. You know, young, black, and gifted, I am doing all these things. I don't need to have kind of had an influence. You know, and it's like, but you're not doing anything interesting. You're, you're, not- you're not doing anything new. Yeah. Literally, not not even the body thing. Because, again, Latifah and Elliot got there first for decades. So, like, you're, and, and sorry, you know, Lizzo fans, you can hate me. But the music ain't that great. Like, Fair. it's okay. It's catchy. It's a bop. But is it doing anything no are you gonna really Cardi- care about it honestly, in like 10 years exactly cardi and megan are way more interesting i love their way stuff more interesting it's interesting it's interesting it's not always good, good but, but like lyrically they're far more interesting lyrically like i'm sitting there and i'm going oh i love this beat i can just continue going on and it's stuck in my head There's, yes. for like ages yeah. they're 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 to is me they're like, masterminds yes. uh, the two of them two whereas of you know Grant has talking this whole time. I know. Grant is just like sitting here in the corner. But yes, no, that's the Lizzo problem, which is the idea that, you know, you can create art ex nihilo. Like, you know, and and yet, and yet, not be brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can create something that people are raving about, and yet when you look at its components, what? Like, it's the same thing we've all seen before. I'm looking at you, Harry Potter. Because uh, <laughs> it, it was the same thing with Harry Potter. I mean, but that's why I read the fan fictions that I do read, because like yeah. other people can take that and just like... Yeah, roll with I don't it. know. It's... Nah. Meh. <laughs> yes, Grant. You're making faces. What are your faces? Oh, I'm making faces? Yeah, yeah you're making kind faces. Of. That's why I asked you I how to do I was just wondering, opinions. yes, what are your... Any thoughts? Any other things? What do you think about book communities? <sighs> the I online like... ones. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't have anything of substance to offer. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. I just wanted to see what you might have to say before we get into the hockey romance scandal. Oh, you, did missed, you not know about the hockey romance scandal? I missed scandal? this completely. So what there, happened? There was, um, so, you know, book talk is, you know, a thing. We all know it's a thing. Uh, we all know, or at least we should all be slightly aware that romance mm-hmm. on book talk it's a big deal it's a huge thing sure so like you you were saying like everyone got on their forms or whatever for sci-fi fantasy whatever back in the day yes book yeah. talk is like the romance readers mm-hmm. like 
version of that. Yeah, that's true. For better or for worse, I will technically say for worse because... Because of the hockey romance candle? Because of the toxicity that comes with everyone trying to persuade you to read it. Okay. In certain ways, and that just sure. might not be your type of reading. Mm-hmm. Some of the books, yes, they're dark romances, but like not everybody's going to like that like sure. type of thing. And then everyone is still recommending like the same five books over and over again. I, I did see a few few booktube videos. Like you, about that. they're like, here's my list of my f- books that you should read if you like this, and they're all the exact same as the previous video I literally just watched, and I'm like, did you all just, like, get the exact same script mm-hmm. and, oh, like, post a, it? I like, it blog. was just kind of, it's, it, like, to, to me, I find, like, yes, I like book talk mm-hmm. in certain fashions, but I think a lot of the opinions are just like the exact same over and over again and yeah. it just gets boring and yeah. I that's why I you know like in the back room I have the list of like all in my notebook that list of all the different books that like sure. I add to my Amazon wish list yeah. to read yeah. it's because like I just want a wide variety I like if you're gonna tell me like that all these different books are reading exactly the same like Colleen Hoover I'm not gonna read all of them. I might pick, like, one or one two. One or two, yeah. But, like, exactly. if you're going to give me, like, all of them, and then in the next video for, like, a different Colleen Hoover book, you're going to give me all the exact same books as Rex. Yeah. Like, I'm bored already. Like, so, just, like, stop before I take romance. So, what happened? sports romances became a, th- a, a big thing in the community. and Which is funny, because they've kind of been a big thing for the last three years. But Yes. Yeah. No, because that's when it started. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they went through different, like, it was football romances, and then you had mm. different, like, different sports romances. And mm. right now, it, recently, it was hockey romances that were the big, giant the thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of uh, people were reading the hockey romances. We love the hockey romances. They're great. And then uh, certain, and I'll just cut, I'm not going to name drop, like, everything that goes along with it. But, like, one of the sports teams was like, oh, we're going to fully embrace this and, like, have it be a whole entire thing. Oh, that's like, cool. We're gonna, eh, no. Eh, I, well, I didn't eh. So then there were some other book talkers who, like, take that. And whenever you put a bunch of people, like, in the same group, you're obviously going to see the more vocal minority be, like, the most extreme out of everyone. So, you know, mm. the teams were putting out, like, videos of the care, like, the players, like, walking out, and they're wearing suits, which is, like, a big, like, everyone wants to see them wearing suits in their romance novels, and all of a sudden, everyone's, like, happy about this, Mm -hmm. and they're gonna start posting really just, like, not nice and safe for work, like, comments on videos of things. Sure, sure. So, the sports team, one of the sports teams, the Krakens, in Seattle, okay, turned around and, um, brought in this one girl who was on book talk like to do some of their social media stuff sure sure. for like book talk related things sure and she was making some not like she was basically like thirst trapping trapping like some of the some of the players okay and the wife of one of the players was just like i don't like this and so she decided to and granted it's not exactly the book talker's fault in the first place because the seattle kraken team was telling her to do these things but like that's a whole entire thing so the wife was like i don't like the fact that you know this stuff is being said about my husband i'd like you all to stop and so name drops the book talker 
like who's mm-hmm. like making the videos and saying the things in the first place because you know she's being paid to yeah um and it led into this whole entire thing where she the book talker got dropped and like the Kraken just kind of like ceased like doing any like book talk stuff huh in That's general and it led to like all the different sports outlets like posting about book talk and how thirsty all of the women are who are like oh uh, so then it the becomes room. this like sexist machine of yeah hate of like oh this is why we don't let women read romance novels because look what happened Ugh. yeah it was like a whole entire thing and then it led to even further because the book talker decided to just you know her ego got super inflated and was like I'm the queen of book talk and you're just like are you kidding me no uh, and then decided that like she needed to like have four different book clubs and we're gonna make people like pay like absorbance amounts of money to even like be in the book clubs with her like it just made no sense interesting um and then she was also doing paid promotions without disclosing that they were paid promotions for book reviews on both talks so there's like a whole whole mess too the whole entire community is just kind of like a mess a lot of times and you find a gems that are kind of great but a lot of times it's a lot of people just going, well, this author's super mo- super problematic because X, Y, Z. Yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of those. Let of, me tell you yeah. that we're just going to be really mad at you if you read this book by this author because of Which, X, again, Y, Z. Which again is another reason why I'm just kind of like and that's another like, con. And I'm like that's kind of like a con because like then you're sitting there and you're just like. I don't care. Well, because like, here's the thing. Yeah, because I'm gonna again, read it's, it. It's all about how. It's all about how one person on a platform is reading something right and then demanding pretty much that it just you read it that feels... way too and i think yeah okay so the author wrote racist slurs in the book yes but if that book is uh uh um oh my gosh what's the mark twain book if that book is the huckleberry adventures Finn. of huckleberry finn i i'm gonna think differently about that than I am, you know, something published in 2023. But even then... There's a lot of, like, overreaching then, into it. And I'm, I'm just, like, just kind of skeptical of anyone who's preaching that I dare not read a book. Or policing or that, they that have I shouldn't this, read this yes, book because Or that of they it. have this, you know, opinion. I'm going to have opinions about you if I see you reading that book. And it's like... But it's a book. Or if I see you review this book, well, great. Like, I, I want to objectively like, read it without your like it's a opinion. Po- it's a po- I could give a book a positive review because I liked reading it. Does that mean that I like having racial slurs in my book? No, that means. Does that, that mean I, I support might... the author by reading it? No, I got it at the well, library. I mean, I think. Eh. I think the whole supporting author thing has gotten weird since people sort of detached themselves from J.K. Rowling, but that's because they wanted to keep Harry Potter. And I'm like, you don't get to do that. I'm no. sorry. You have to have the baby and the bathwater, okay? Like, like, <laughs> like, if the baby refuses to be clean, you know, slap it on the bottom and send it to bed. But, like, I'm sorry. The baby gets to stay, the bathwater gets to stay mucky and gross. And, like, come on. Like, you're just like, kind of embracing at that point. Yeah, you you're, can't. You're like, like, I, like, this is there. I you're absolutely right. love Harry Potter, and I absolutely yeah. loathe the things that the author has said in many different ways. I don't... They can't be disconnected, though. Do I support the author currently? No. But do I understand that some of their points of views might have influenced what was written in the book that I uh, No, but I don't think that... I don't think that either. I think people are post-dating. They're like, oh, you could always tell that she was transphobic because look at what she did with this character. And I'm like... No! Because in 1993, when she conceived of that character, Oprah was talking about transsexuals on 
her show in 1994, and it was a scandal because RuPaul was on Oprah. Like, and RuPaul's not even trans. He's isn't he just gay? He's a drag queen. Like, that's how little the distinction was at that time yeah. for people in the general public. So there's no way J.K. Rowling was transphobic in 1994. She didn't even know what a trans person was. Right. So th- 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 my point is, people get really weird Did about this stuff. Did you pull things stuff. out of the hat for us? I have something. Oh, I'm, okay. So I'm going to... <laughs> We're just gonna deploy that gonna, now. We're gonna yes. we're gonna hard yeah. cut here and go to the yes. smash. So I'm gonna deploy that now. Uh, would you rather? Oh no! <laughs> become famous via your Goodreads profile and the books that you read there, or your book talk channel. <laughs> um, Goodreads. And I will say okay. this, that this is sound weird, but that's because when I make, like, quite literally my TikTok only has two videos on it and my face is not in either of the videos. Oh. With Goodreads, you're not required to put your face in your profile. Sure. You could just be a random, just like faceless, your little profile could picture could just be an orange dot. That's it. That's true. And all people know you by is the orange dot. You're not required on Goodreads. To have a... To have an actual public profile of your first and last name physically out there. I mean, granted, you're not on TikTok either, but but on TikTok, TikTok, you're more expected to show your face for these things. And Mm -hmm. so people are going to be able to find you quickly on the internet. And I don't like the fact that, you know, that could just lead to doxing and a lot of things. Yeah, that's true. Specifically, like, if I have an opinion on a book that... Sally over here don't like Sally mm-hmm. can then turn around figure out who I am and then completely harass like anybody that I am involved with either That's in true. my personal life or something all because I can show my face That's but true. on Goodreads all I have to do is just post a review for the book and I'm done I'm not That's required true. to have a sp- I'm not required to adhere to the beauty standards or the different societal standards that I have to adhere to to be able to post a video on TikTok and have it become famous. Oh, that's true. But, like, if it's on Goodreads, it's, it could just literally be because I'm funny and I use GIFs in my reviews. Like, that could be it. Which does I could literally yeah. just post a review that goes, I hate it, and then have a GIF of, this is fine, and sure. that's it. Or a dumpster fire, and that could be my whole review. And people that's might go, that's hilarious. Grant. I would have to say Goodreads as well. For, for many of the reasons that for many of the reasons that Aaron specified. Oh, that's so funny. Honestly, I would choose TikTok because one, it's less work. Actually, for me, it would be less work because I would be lazy. I would feel better um, about myself becoming <laughs> famous off of Goodreads for oh, that reason. It's reason. clear to me that neither one of you read enough Goodreads reviews. I mean, I mean, no, I, I do. I, I do actually. Um, they're dreadful. I read them okay. for fun. All right, so here's your homework, and this is homework for all listeners. Pick your favorite book that you've read recently. Something you just love. Doesn't matter what it is. In fact, I'm going to challenge you to look at the Cormac McCarthy reviews on Goodreads. I, I already thing. know what ton of people hate his No, I, don't, I know, but but it's the I read, way I read to reviews. me. I read them yeah. for fun. And the fun, the fun ones, honestly, are the three stars. Yes. One and two are just kind of like, I hate this book in all caps. Or that no, and the five stars are... It's generally less interesting because you agree with them if you like the book. Well, granted, but I the think, three stars yeah. are so funny and so dumb <laughs> that I, it's mild. Those are my favorite ones. So entertaining. I also 
two stars, where Rose, I gave it two and a half stars, and then they just go through the whole game, and he's like, okay, you really just love it.